I want you to take the word of God, please, and turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew, to the 19th chapter, and we'll begin reading in just a moment with verse 1 in Matthew chapter 19. The opportunity I have is to summarize so many things we've been talking about. And our speakers have done a magnificent job. I want to say to them what I said a moment ago to them personally when they were here. I, I believe it's their turn. When I was pastor of the Madison Avenue Baptist Church in Patterson, New Jersey, many years ago, I'd been a pastor for seven and a half years and then went to work with Dr. Robertson at the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga and taught in Tennessee Temple and just enjoyed, my wife and I enjoyed the time we were there. And God really spoke to our hearts. I was there a number of years. She was working for the business manager and they were helping Dr. Robertson guide the college at a time when we had 10,000 people in Sunday school. It was a marvelous time. And I got a burden for the New York City area. <clears throat> Went there to pastor 11 miles New York City at the Mass Avenue Baptist Church. And we were there about eight and a half years. And at one moment during that ministry, God was blessing in a great way. I was asked to speak at a pastor's meeting. It wasn't the first time I had ever done that type of thing. <clears throat> but I remember the meeting. I remember where it was conducted. I remember the pastors coming from the Northeast United States. And God said to me, it's your time to say something. <clears throat> if you have something to say, this is your moment to say it. And I, I felt in that moment that my great responsibility had come as a preacher to say what God had given me to say. And I want these pastors to know, as I told them a moment ago, they've served the Lord faithfully. They've done a great job. What they've said to us is marvelous. The answers they've given about their children and families is just terrific. And I say, I want them to know, from my perspective, as a 74-year-old man, having been in the ministry, my wife and I, for 56 years, I want them to know their time has come. And I want you to know your time has come. If you're ever going to do anything for God... If you have anything to say, this is your time to say it. If you're going to stand, this is your time to stand. If you're going to help families, this is your time to help families. We don't have another time. This is it. We're in tremendous peril. 
I could not describe the peril we're in. And so people are looking for someone who can speak the truth in love and help them. And God help you to do that. Every person has to do that. May God help us. This is not my last time. I thank God for that. I have a sense that the Lord has given me this opportunity to bring to a head so many things that he's taught me for so many years. But I'm trying to press upon you the thought that this is the moment God is using in your life. You've met the moment, and the moment has met you. Now lift up your voice and say something, and say what God's put in your heart to say. I'm not going to speak long, but I want you to look with me at Matthew chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered, the Bible says, And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. I want you to mark those words at the conclusion of verse 6. What God, what therefore God hath joined together. Let not man put asunder. The word of God says he created them, in verse 4, male and female. Thank you, Andrew, for the song. God bless you. The Lord used it. I want you to know we already have the answer. It's already there. We believe what God says. We're living in a complex age and the complexity of that age, the complexity of the age is because of all the confusion and we need to speak the truth in love. God help us. Some said, someone said, this is the age of compounded confusion. Compound confusion. It's not just confusion. 
but everything imaginable compounding that confusion. I remember when Borf, who's now dead, was nominated for the Supreme Court. And in preparation for all of that, he wrote a book. And the book was entitled Slouching Toward Gomorrah. <laughs> and he dared to say in that book that the world and the powers that be and the political powers that be are changing the way people think and the slouching toward Gomorrah, he took the Bible example and said, we live in this complex age where we're no longer men and women, male and female, but we have entered into a new age of gender confusion. I just got another copy of that book. It's old now. By the way, he didn't make the Supreme Court. But he was clear in saying, once they've made the transition and we're teaching a generation that there's something other than men and women, we're going to have so much confusion among people that we won't be able to have a civilized government. And that's exactly what we find. If you Google anything about gender today, there's no telling what answers you're going to get. But God made them male and female. And there are distinctive differences between a man and a woman. Years ago, James Dobson wrote a very, very good book about the differences between a woman's body and a man's body. W.A. Criswell, who was one of my spiritual fathers, wrote a wonderful book on creation, and he put in that book the differences between the human body of a man and the human body of a woman. I'm saying to you, when God created men and women, some people recognize this, that he created them for marriage to one another. And all the gender confusion that we have today is an abomination to God and God's word. It's not going to end. It's not going to end. We're not going to be finished with it until the Antichrist arrives and the world is filled with this thing. In my theology, I'll be gone. In your theology, you may still be here. I don't know. That's between you and God. But the fact of the matter is, we're nearing that. And the preparation for the preparation for the structure and platform on which the Antichrist will work from is being built before our very eyes. There's no doubt about it. When God designed what he designed, we're talking about marriage now, 
the Bible says he created them male and female. Now we have to believe that if we're going to get anywhere with any sensible clarity about our message. And people are looking for that. They're looking for clarity. Can you say, thus saith the Lord? This is the clarity. This is the clear thing. And when he put it together, when he formed it, he put what we needed in it. And so you're bringing people back always to what God says in his word. When the Lord formed the church, when the Lord Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they got answers. And when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which art in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When the Lord created that, he put in the foundation of that church all that it needed for the function of that church. And God put in the foundation of marriage between a man and a woman, God put in the foundation all it needs for its function. And so, what is your responsibility? Not just as a preacher, most of you aren't preachers, but as a a believer, as a Christian, what is your responsibility? To get back to what the Bible says, to bring back people to thinking about spiritual things, to see how God has designed it, and to work from that. I remember when the drug issue was just coming to prominence in our lives. Many people thought the way to fight the drug issue, and this was in the 70s, back from early when I was in the ministry. And people said, well, each drug has a different effect. And so we tried to study all the drugs. And there was really an attempt to say, this type of drug causes this type of thing. This type of drug causes this type of thing. And there were actually books printed about how to identify all the different drugs and to tell people Stay off of this one and stay off of this one and stay off of this one because it'll do this to your life. That was a foolish thing to do. And we've fallen into the same trap with this gender dysphoria. We've fallen into the same trap. What does God say makes a man? What does God say makes a woman? We just had the hearing for the newest Supreme Court justice, a woman, you can read it for yourself, and when the Supreme Court justice, who now sits on the bench of the Supreme Court, was asked, can you define a woman? She had no answer. Think of that. In the highest land in America, what could be the most important question that faces that august body, and someone has just been appointed a Supreme Court justice to sit on the highest court of the land and cannot tell us what a woman is. It's the height of confusion. So what are Christian people going to do? I hope they don't make the same mistake that people made 
in the days we started battling drugs and we tried to define everything imaginable about every drug imaginable. We just get back to the simplicity and godly sincerity and an and and issue that God gave us and we say, this is it, pure and simple. And so I'm saying to you, don't go back to your home. Don't go back to your church and try to fight everything. Explain how boys grow up. What should characterize the birth and development of a boy as he becomes a man? How do girls grow up? What are the characteristics of raising girls that grow up and they will surely become women. And men and women marry and create marriage. Can you imagine the nonsense that we're dealing with now in the first time in human history? People in human history, the first time in human history are talking about marriage between something and someone other than men and women, you and I have a responsibility to bring people back to the truth, to bring people back to the Bible, and just answer the thing with simplicity and godly sincerity, to speak the truth in love, and God help us to do it. God help us to do it. Let's bow in prayer, maybe.